my people, my friends, stop and wait. Let's go conversate at the shades. Welcome back again, guys, to the Shades Podcast. I am your host, Paul, and this is at the Shades. <laughs> and today we have another special guest called Abu, aka The Holiday. He is an underground rapper, the upcoming artist himself. Today, the topic will be about the music industry, what's going on in the music industry, the random rumors. I personally really do want to hear the rumors as well. So, man, Abu, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm good, fam. MK, you good? I'm GG's, bro. So, Abu, tell us about yourself. Like, for those people who actually don't know the holiday and who haven't heard your music, tell us more about you. All right. Uh, so, my name is The Holiday, or better yet, officially known by the government as Abu Bakari. <laughs> um, I'm an upcoming artist. I've been doing this for like three, four years, two years professionally, professionally, but four years through throughout all of it. So I'm an I'm a rapper slash poet slash songwriter slash kind of producer in a way of certain sense. You're a poet? Yeah, man, I'm a poet. So every ninety percent of all rappers start as a poet, a poet, and then they just get a bit more aggressive, so they become rappers. You have an album? No, I do not have an album, man. Very sadly, I don't have an album. But we're expecting an album. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, an album. Let's let's keep this first for later on. We'll talk about this more later on. Honestly. Yeah, man, like six, six years and no album. Six, six, six. Four years. Yeah, four years. Still no album. You should get an album. Uh, definitely, 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 definitely. But it's a bit more than that, you know? I feel like it's a bit more than that. If you're in the game, it's different. It's not just about the collection of songs, right? Because so here's yeah. the thing. I feel like to everyone listening, right? Even for yourself, even if J. Cole drops an, an entire album, right? 12, 18, 20 songs, right? You're most likely going to listen to the first 10 and then wait another day to listen to the rest. True. Right? Now, yeah. that's J. Cole. That's somebody who's broken records over records, you know? He's listened all over the world. Now, for me, my case is not the same case as him. So, obviously, because I'm lower than him, you might end up just listening to the first six songs and then waiting for days and days till you listen to the rest, right? Mm. So, you can't just drop an album if you haven't prepared your audience for what's coming. Right now, this is that wind before the storm, you know? The chicken before the feast, the turkey before Thanksgiving. This is- speaking, speaking of the game, as you said, like you are an upcoming artist, right? You're different yeah. from the from the top ones. And regarding the game, obviously, we're in a 
let's say, an African-based continent, right? And we're in yeah. Tanzania, and the listeners who actually only listen to uh, Diamond, Harmonize, and etc., right? And it's mostly in Kiswahili, but for you, it's different. You rap in English. How does that? How do you think that will affect you? Okay. Um, the thing is, at the beginning of my career, I never thought that would be a problem. I was like, "Yeah, nah, that's impossible, man. These people listen to Drake, so how can they not listen to me?" But then later on, I actually came to find out that it's a very big factor. Man. Like, it's something that every artist has to come in terms with and that you have to mix both of the languages now at the beginning i wasn't mixing but right now and for what's about to come most of it is both english and swahili because you can't leave some people out if something is good right so we're really? trying to find a way to put everything together like you gotta be swahili gotta be english some french some a bit of Let's say it's a lot of things. For what's coming, there's going to be so much people are not expecting. But it's really hard to just be an English-based artist in Tanzania or in any country, really, that doesn't speak English as its first language. Oh, yeah. I can, I can, I can actually imagine you in your spot if I put myself in your shoes. Because like, 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 most Tanzanians don't listen to any like English songs. Most of them. If they do, then it's a top artist, like I said, like J. Cole, uh, Dre, Chris Brown, etc. But like if you're underground, it's really hard for them to know you. Mm. Yeah, uh, holiday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, question like, uh, what type of music do you, do you make? Do you have like a specific niche or, you know, whatever music you release out there is for like the world to hear, like, is there like a particular type of rap music you make? Okay. Um, that is no, because writing wise, like writing wise, I write a lot of conscious rap, which is a mix between poetry and just hip hop, right? So I write a lot of conscious rap, but when it actually comes to the releases or all the songs that I have out, only have about four songs that are conscious rap. The rest are like melodic, some are R&B, some are just pop, and apparently some are Afrobeats as well. So, no. Mm -hmm. One of the things that makes me, me, like what makes the holiday the holiday is the diversification in my music. Like I want my music to be for anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. sounds though which one would you say is like the best uh music you've put out there do you have a favorite project that you've released like you'd say this is like my best work so far or are they all your best work yeah i say that um my top two i don't have a top one my mm -hmm. top two are locked house and below me these are tracks that i can listen to any time of the day any time of the week any time of the year the things for Locked House specifically, I wrote what I went through. I wrote what I saw people going through. That's mm -hmm. why it was even released on the Children's Day last year. For anybody yeah. who hasn't listened to it, please check it out. It's called Locked House. And Below Me is a song 
basically it's just a song about having fun but everything about the song is different it's not just trap it's not just rap it's like it's on fusion mix of hip-hop genius like those those are my top two yeah, shout out to Nakeem and Stipes for me Locked House was definitely my favorite because like it, it was very emotional and it also described like where you came from and the struggles you've been I really liked it there was a verse you used about Samata about your brother him becoming a footballer right yeah 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 I, I like that part <laughs> it was really good yeah. thank you thank you you know, you know such a cocky song. I liked it because of the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was lit, though. And, you know, see, each one of them has a completely different uh, vibe from the other one, right? But the same person made it. That That's that's what the holiday is, you know? Even when we drop these new projects that are coming, each one of them is going to blow you away because you'd be sitting there like, there's no way this is the same person doing these different types of wonders at once. Okay, what is the hardest thing you came across with you in your music? Let's say, is it the management? Is it the time consuming? Like, what, like what drives you to wake up every day and continue doing this? How, like, knowing that people in Tanzania don't even listen to underground the english rappers right so it's really mm -hmm. hard for you to make it out yeah what's okay, your devotion so, hmm. so one is the what's the hardest thing i face and the other one is what drives me to continue right mm -hmm. all right the hardest thing i faced is people telling you that you got this or Ah, you're really good. You know what to do. You know, here's how it's the hardest thing or like the toughest thing I face, right? Normally it looks positive because, you know, people are telling you, you know what you're doing. People are telling you, you know, you got this. You're doing great, man. You sound like you can a drink. You sound like you 21 <laughs> Savage, you know? It's amazing, you know? You'd be like, yay. But then yeah. that's it. They, nothing else. Like I've talked to some of the biggest people in Tanzanian music industry. I wish I could name them, but then I can't. But trust mm -hmm. me, I've talked to some of the biggest people in this industry. And then they'll listen to this song. They'll vibe to them. They'll even Some of them even have them on their playlist. They'll tell you how great it is, but then it ends there. It's never like, okay, you know, to, to move this in front, you should do this one and two and three. Nope, they just tell you that, oh, you're really good. And then when you come up to those, okay, how do I move this? It's like, ah, bro, you, you got this, you know? You just do it your way. They they don't actually help you with anything mm. in terms of actually moving it forward. They just give you good words and then they end it there. That's the toughest thing I've personally faced. Because then, okay, you know you're the you know you're good. You know you're very you're one of the best. And then what? Two. See? It's like that's the toughest thing I've faced. Because it's very hard finding an answer to it. It's very hard. And you, a lot of upcoming artists will tell you the same thing. They've played the music to some of the biggest people in the industry. They've played some of the smartest people in the industry. 
But then these people don't actually move the music. They don't even help them with the music. They just tell you that, oh, you're good. Oh, you know what you're doing. Okay, you should improve here and here. But then they don't actually tell you how to make it like something that will trend, how to make it something that will be big. They don't tell you any of that. They just leave it on the surface for you to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And on the side of um, what drives me, um, for me, music is life. No, music is life to me at least. So, like the idea of all of writing something, of going to record something, it's something that's always in me. It's always in me. If I wake up, I sleep, I might wake up with a new melody, I'll write it. I would save it somewhere, you know? So what pushes me is the fact that I know that one day I may fail to wake up, right? And mm-hmm. whatever I have in my head, whatever melodies I have, whatever story I want to write it, I won't be able to do it. So yeah. the world might fail to see what I had in store for them or the world might fail to see some talent just because that, I wasn't able to wake up. So as long as I can wake up, then I'll try to project this and create it into something that the world will be able to also hear. So that's my drive, knowing that death is something that's coming. Yeah, I I can understand that. Okay, when you said um, the hardest part in as an upcoming artist, you mentioned that you've met the top people in this industry, right? Like... Uh, has has something ever occurred to you like um let's say you showed them your song and they liked it and they want to buy it from you would you actually sell it crazy thing right i have given a song free yeah yeah i have given a song for free because you know i was still in that man to say like what you actually like my song why no way and then they're like yeah could I, like, is it possible if I also did a song or, like, could I have it and shit? And I'm, I'm like, take it, take it. What? You do it. You know, it will reach more people through you more than if I did it. But, yeah, I feel like I, right now, yeah, I would sell some songs because realistically, I know that not all the songs that I write, if I sing them or I rap them, they'll be able to make the impact that they did. Mm-hmm. Right, for example, locked house. Right, just think of that song, Alafangekwa. Like they, it was sung by someone like I don't know, Nani. He harmonized if harmonized it. Yeah. Or if it was something like Navi Kenzo did. It. You see the impact of people, how people would have felt it more. True. That's true. Yeah. Exactly, because they have that big audience already. So yeah, I would definitely sell songs. I definitely do be selling songs on the low. There's a big chance on your playlist you have three songs that are, I actually wrote them, but your biggest star is sung them. You're welcome, guys. So I've been wondering, like, features that... You, you do have features, right? With other artists. Yeah. So do you charge for a feature? Or it's not there yet? I... Don't charge for a feature. I don't either. Somebody wants to feature my song or I'm featuring that song, I don't charge for a feature. Because at least right now, 
right uh, now. So you're still you're helping here. each other out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't see that big point of, oh, I should charge somebody for me to be in the song. No, no, no. I'm going to be in your song. We're going to make the song the best it can be. And people are going to enjoy it. That's it. We're making music. We're making music right now. Yeah, man. I hope, oh. to, I hope to see you at the top. Mm. Hopefully. Yo, hope. um, like, curious, like, um, do you work in, like, one particular studio or you worked in, like, multiple ones, especially the features? Or do you have, like, a specific one? Mm. Okay. I've worked for, like, in, like, four or five studios. The one that I work the most at is Camille Studio with uh, Stivers, Northeens, Camille Freeman. Those are like. How's the culture? How's the atmosphere? Like, how's the experience? Especially your like your early days. How were they? Oh, <clears throat> the earliest days are kind of a bit, you know, a bit exciting as well as a bit nervous. By the way, uh, Ahmed's the first person who took me to Camille Studio. Uh, Ahmed was the first person who introduced me to Camille, as well as taking me there. That time, and that was like 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019. I hadn't actually gone to a full studio. All we're doing is me and Tully were making music on his laptop at either his place or my place. That's how we used to do it. That's that's the whole Rolex, if you know the song Rolex. But yeah. So Ahmed tells me like, yo, bro, come through, come through. You got to meet Camille, man. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Who Camille, man? He's like, you got to meet Camille, dog. And I'm like, all right, G, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling through, man. You don't have to tell me twice. Well, from there, Camille and the gang, that must be, I'd say, it's real. It's something that many studios do not have. If you are doing a track and it's shit, we are going to tell you it's shit. Most studios mm. just have that idea of like, okay, somebody's coming, they paid for the studio session, whatever you're going to sing, whatever you do, that's on you. Nobody's going to give you any feedback. After you're done recording, people are going to give you, but you know, yeah, man, that was dope. Ah, man, you really did the things, man. And then after that, they'll leave, they'll mix your song and then send it to you. So, but with Camille and the rest, it's different, man. You do something and then, hi, man. Do you really want to do this song? Because this song is trash. And we like, but bro, man, it's, I really want to do it. Okay. But then I think we should fix some, something. So we'll all start working on different ways to make the song better. Right? All of us will start coming up with maybe better melodies, uh, better styles of doing it, better techniques. And that's not only my experience. A lot of other artists who have worked at Camille Studio have seen the same thing. You know, we always tell each other the truth. Like, okay, we can make this better. This right now is a five. We can make it a ten, you know? Mm, so the culture that I definitely say it's one of the best I've ever been to. Currently, I'm also working at Amateur Studio, Amateur Lover Studio. Shout out to you. Shout out to your management as well, ADK. Yeah, ADK is the bill. <laughs> Big man's here. He's doing, he's doing a lot, man. He's doing a lot. Gotta give him a shout out to that. Yeah, bro. Wait, are you under a label or is it or is it just you? It's always just been just me and the gang. 
Well, there was HBK Nation, which it wasn't a label, the way we perceive other label, but it was a group, like, it was a group of individuals who really want to do something, you know? So it's not really a label, but all of, most of us, like, we work, some work with HBK, some work under HBK, but we just, it's just a group of us, you know? Okay, let's pause this so that we can make another. So you know how we do it, and this time you with the holiday, so you must get a sneak peek into the new music that's coming. So stepping right up, actually sliding right in, it's Excuse Me Miss by the holiday myself. Am I like a Zante? Let me catch you off guard. Keep going, keep going. You got this. Okay, as an upcoming artist, you you tend to like um let's say the exposure and the experience that you have on stage or let's say somewhere in a recording booth. Like, what was the biggest, the biggest um the biggest event maybe you performed? Biggest event I performed at. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest event I performed at. in terms of the number of people there it has to be Aga Khan Fiesta yes sir we <laughs> performed those like 400 people there man the crowd went crazy Rolex is still a banger and, oh shout out to Joffrey Joffrey was there I was with <laughs> and Joffrey on stage one of the greatest things ever been but in terms of um, the stage, what the event was was, and everything else, the mm. biggest performance was last year, December, at the National Museum. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You performed at the National Museum? Yeah, last year, December. And here's the best part about it. It's like, mm. I performed a song that's not even released. It's going to be released on the EP. That's coming. Okay. Yeah, it's an EP that's coming. So yeah, we performed that song. I was with Chris Azante, in case anybody didn't know that's the name. Performed it with Chris. Mm-hmm. The song is called Excuse Me. We did a full acoustic acoustic version. The whole song was done in an acoustic version. Halfway through the song, we're repeating the chorus again for the second time. And we have people who are standing on their seats singing a 
with the chorus exactly as if they they had this song for a million times. It was one of the best feelings ever. Y'all heard it here first. Excuse me by Exante and the holiday coming in soon later on this year. Out yeah, on all yeah, platforms, yeah, yeah. y'all should get and listen to that. That will be a surefire banger. Let's talk about before you perform. What goes through uh-huh. your head? The feelings, the emotion, the adrenaline. What what goes through your head before you perform? All right. It's usually three things. One, damn, what happens when I zingua, man? That's the first thing that goes in your head. Like, yo, what if I trip? Mm. But then it's like, you know, there's the second thought that comes in. Like, wait, bro, it's the holiday, man. Through the holiday, and then you know that cocky part comes in your head, and you're like, Ah, there's no way I can trip. And then the third part is just the normal being nervous or being anxious. So you got to look at the audience because, like, Hey, okay, you know, you check who's performing before you. If the crowd is going crazy or the crowd is just chill, <laughs> you know, all of them. yeah, yeah they, can like, you, they can mess you up. <laughs> At least if the crowd is crazy, crazy, then you can find a way to just blend in, you know? Mm. But then if the crowd is quiet, ah, hey, now you have to go and find a way to, you know, and you are the crowd, which is hard. And a lot of artists struggle with that part. Unless people already know the song, or your song is really good, then that part is usually hard. But yeah, man, after you get over the fear, you just become cocky. When you're cocky, face reality. Those are the three steps to perform as well as to even record to be honest oh yes sir that's what's up so let's say you get on the stage and nobody knows your name they don't know who you are how do you make them remember the name afterwards okay yeah that's how i think of it you know Mm -hmm. it's like I don't care if somebody knows my name or not, but I do care that they know my work. So, like, I'll make sure, like, what I'm going to do on stage, they will find who I am. They will need to search me out. What I'll do on stage will talk for me. I don't usually like introductions. Like, apart from, yeah, Nikki, like, I'm, I'm up on the stage and then I'm this person. I never do that. You like, never make them say your name or whatever? Nah, whoever's introducing me will say my name. But when I go on stage, I don't say my name. My work will say my name. Hey, bro. bro. Nah, let's go. My work is the one that's going to say my name. Like, when I leave, you have to find who I am. Now that's deep. Because yeah. I think yesterday, um, I went to an event and there was an upcoming artist on the stage. But then he was like... He was like forcing everyone to say his name, you know, when he came yeah. in or before he left. And then you look around, you look at the crowd, you're like, damn, bro, I kind of feel for my homie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just chill, just chill, bro, just chill. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and um, who would you say that your music is mostly catered for? Hmm. Hmm. That's yeah. a hard question. That's a yeah. hard question. Gotta think about that. Damn. Okay. The songs before, they were directly aiming for 
people between the age of 16 to 22, like people who are still figuring things out, people who are still trying to move outside their comfort zone, people who are trying to find themselves, you know, people who are trying to have fun with the life they're living. Mm -hmm. But with the EP that's coming, I can say that the target is drum rolls. <laughs> yeah. The target is everybody. <laughs> That's difficult. As in, the songs in the EP are all so mixed in the sense whereby somebody who's 12 can listen to the song and vibe mm. the same way who's somebody who's 25 or 30 can listen to the song. That's how much work we're putting on this music. That's how much feelings we're keeping on these songs. Like either your dad and you can both be in the same room and both enjoy the song. Teach me how to Dougie type vibes. <laughs> Definitely, man. Definitely. Could be, but who knows? I can't say yet. So how long have you been in this uh, music business in the industry? Four years. Yeah, man, four years. Two years professionally, two years from beginning to scratch, getting everything okay, you know? And what could you say has been the most difficult part in this journey? Okay. Uh, difficult, difficult, difficult. Um, it could be multiple, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, it used to be uh, mixing school and time to record, time to do shows, you know, time to just be an artist. Mixing yeah. that was very hard. Mm. Mixing that was really, really hard. Not going to lie to you. But then later on, at least that stage moved. The other difficult things was finances. Sometimes, not going to lie, any upcoming artist understands the cost that they have to endure. Trust me, guys. It's not to the fate of heart. If you see the amount of numbers they're spending on making that three-minute song, <laughs> and you'd feel for that. You'd really feel for that. The finances are crazy. Mm -hmm. The finances are crazy. So, yeah, there's finances. Another thing is uh, anybody who's a creative, right? Once yeah. they start doing what they're doing a lot, they somehow become isolated. Uh -huh. It just happens automatically. Like they wouldn't be as social as they were when they're, you know, when they're chill, like they're just doing it kidogo. But the more you get deep into your work, the more you become isolated. So yeah, there's been times whereby, you know, it's like two months of barely any apart from those super close people that either I see them every day or I talk to them every day like those mm -hmm. super few I'm so isolated from the world I don't even know what's going around you know I don't know Kabisa so that that's also difficult because you know that's how I like to say it is like you the amount of people that you meet in your life are some of the best things that you need in life you don't know when you need them you don't know when they'll need you so you should have a balance on a way to communicate with people, you know. Sure. Yeah, those those top three, top three needs. And what's the ultimate yeah. goal with um this music shit? The what's ultimate the goal? goal. Well, honestly, 
it's between it's three things really one i want my music to really make an impact on people like mm -hmm. that i want my music to stay there for a long time definitely but i want the music to to help people to give them something to hold to you know to teach them something i want my music to have that impact uh, that's one two i definitely do want to perform at madison square garden if yeah. not the one that's always been in the head like that's always that one of 60,000 fans shouting that name you know Nazima in a few years yeah. and then the third I really just want like even with music I I want to be able to get enough money so that if my mother says I want to fly to Dubai right now, she will go on my private jet and then fly to Dubai right now. That's my third. Like anything that I want, anything somebody who I care about wants, they'll be able to get it at that moment. Is it very realistic? Yes, if you believe in it. <laughs> if you believe that you can achieve it. Yeah, definitely. No going back, no going back. Keep going forward. Do you, do, do you believe that an artist can really sell their soul in this business? Yes, definitely, man. Definitely. And the idea of selling your soul is not... Mm -hmm. Okay, some, yeah, it is actually like just selling your soul. But to most, the concept of selling your soul isn't really that selling your soul thing. It's like Elaborate. selling who you are so that you can be able to sell to the market a lot of upcoming artists and i've seen this so many times right mm. maybe i'm going somewhere to record and then i meet these people there maybe let's say today right yeah i record a song they record a song you know we exchange numbers and then maybe six months later eight months later you go to the same studio you find them and then they're completely different people not in terms where they've advanced in life no they completely left why they're doing music. They completely left the style of them doing music. They left the culture. They left whatever that made them who they are. And now they're adopting this whole new phrase of somebody else. Just because somebody said that, you know what? Drop everything here. You need to be this, 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 and this. And then, utatok. So these people completely drop everything of who they are and then completely sell their soul to become somebody else. So yes, yeah, man. People in this industry sell their soul too many times, and it's very sad. But hey, man, they trying to get that bag, bro. You gotta chase the bag. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you gotta ask yourself, like, what's the limit with this bag chasing? You know what I'm saying? Where does it stop? And where do you make the bag chase you? Amen. That's well, you I'm basically saying. see you're signing a contract, so it doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, man. Right? When you hit an upcoming artist with a contract, man, these people just read the number figures. That's exactly, it. bro. They don't even check anything else. And you'll be surprised. Some of the biggest artists in Tanzania are under big labels under a bad contract and they're writing for those big people. Every song you hear, 
of some of those biggest people came from an underground artist who can be a, like they'll get money, they'll get food, they'll be able to live. But right now, while they're still nurturing him, he should write for the big guys. It's so sad, but it's the reality. I mean, we can't all think rationally in uh, career-changing moments. You know, you're there in the room. You're told that the contract is there. You you know, you won't even have the time to be like, I let me call my lawyer. Why? Yeah. Let, me, let me think about this. You really don't. To be honest, you really don't. Once you start checking those figures, the numbers they write there, amazing numbers, man. Amazing numbers. Yeah, I'm all right. Y'all heard it here first. The holiday on track 255. Go check him out on his Spotify. Check him out on his Instagram. Check him out on all platforms. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you. Abu Marasta. Yo, what happened to your dreads, bro? After the tour, Rasta G, man. I ain't got Rasta no more. But yo, the Rastas are coming back. The Rastas are coming back. They coming back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I guess it was. I'm glad you're happy. It was an amazing experience. Coming through. Shout out to all you guys. Shout out to the gang, HBK Nation, and the homies, ADK. Yeah. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, everyone else, for tuning in. This has been the Shades, featuring. Abu will guest today. Y'all go listen to our stuff. Like, subscribe, tell all your friends. We out. Boom, 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 boom. My people, my friends. Stop and wait. Let's go conversate. At the shades. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, yeah. man. Uh, what's this? Also, I was asking, guys.